All right, we're going. Mike? Skip! Can you hear Can me? Can you hear me? No! Uh, You're in another world! I don't know what's going on. I can't... I can't find you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're out there somewhere, but... Oh, I don't know where. I'm, I'm lost in the virtual reality. But can you hear that? Do you hear that? Hear what? It sounds like it sounds like the intro. Guys, welcome to the ninety-sixth episode of Push to Shout. That is sixty-nine upside down, twice as cool, but you know inverted we're going for a dark we're like dark skippy dark mike that kind of thing it's it's um, a dark shadow the hedgehog dark podcast lots to catch up on we're dark gamers yeah so yesterday or not yesterday last week was a bye week for the old push to shout podcast as skippy coined it um, i think your intro didn't work i think it did you know what i think it was perfect well fuck you it's Skippy's fault because he was off in La La Land and he wasn't, you know, nudging it through the pipeline like he normally does. That's his job most of the time. So blame Skippy. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I did a lot. <laughs> did you do a lot? I guess. Do you want to start out? Uh, no, I think I want to talk about that. Um, the elephant on your head or that was yeah. on your head. Uh, you got a vibe. I got a vibe. It's pretty sweet. I like it. Okay. Um, Tell us about I've been it. Streaming about it. I've been streaming like three three things. I, the first night I got it, I tried out Google Earth VR. Uh, Does that put you like on the street view level? Like, can you look around at no. houses and stuff? Or no, but I'm shocked at the amount of detail there is in individual buildings. I mean, it depends what city you're in, <clears throat> as far as like how up updated it is, I guess. But um, in my own city, Birmingham, Alabama, which isn't a major, major city, uh, the get up close. I, I, I haven't looked at Google Earth in a long time, so I was shocked to see the amount of detail. Um, it's, it's really, really I was kind of blown away. To, like, the Alps or something and just stand there in all of the alps it's it, it is really cool it's hard to describe why it's cool or how it's cool but it's really really cool are there high definition panoramas that you can just easily pop open and look around in uh there are there are i think that there's there's like recommended areas of the world to go in vr like you can take like a vr tour and it'll automatically take you to different areas um i i there, I wouldn't. I don't know if they're. I mean, I'm sure they're a little bit higher definition. That's why they recommend. And at eye level, where you would be standing in real in the real world, and it would be like high definition in that way. It's all. You have to be like, godlike. You can't be on the street level. Um, okay. All right. Get the bird's or, eye view. You, you, you gotta. You gotta be a god. Now. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question real quick, and while I ask it, change your default mumble device to whatever your real microphone is, because it's not using the right one. 
It's okay. Skype is using the right one, and Skype sucks balls. So um, is it working now? Let me see. Say something. Hello. Nope, sucks ass. Anyway, my okay, question. No, yeah, perfect. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, sorry, everyone. So my question was, I know that like the Vive and the Oculus have crazy high system requirements, and you mm -hmm. said you were streaming all this. How does that like not kill your system? Right, I, I had no issue. Um, what are you running? Issue, 1070. Well, I've got my 1070, which is is better than needed for VR. Um, the uh, the CPU is the only thing in my computer that's that's behind, and and that does affect the streaming a little bit. I think. I mean, I, I say I have no issues. I've I've had some weird lagging and stuff, and, and I can't tell what's a problem with streaming. Like, I can't really pinpoint the issues exactly because i've never used vr i have no idea what's going on when i'm in there and i have issues but um streaming doesn't seem the only problem with streaming was i have a usb wire i you're i'm like losing your mic man you're yeah like when you'll talk and then it'll go silent oh he works on that um I think you can hear me still. I'm also curious if you've been able to find like legit games that are not um, like VR demos, but any actual full feature length games that are worth playing in VR. Can't hear you. I'm just switching back to shitty Skype for now. I would say, let me know if it happens again. Okay. Uh, I there's I have bought one single game for vr particularly um and that is onward and it is a vr only game and it is the it is like insurgency it's like a little bit of a small scale military simulator thing um it's really cool and it's it's a game like it, it works like you would expect i mean it's it's early access it's it's pretty bare bones but it a, works and, a small and, scale military sim like arma yeah, like between like three v three and 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 six v six, or like like that kind of scale of military. Like like arm, I would call large scale because it's like okay arms all right. and all that stuff. Uh, Insurgency is like the source game that's like a little military simulator, yeah. and it's kind of smaller maps and everything. It's like that, uh, one round at a time. But um, it's it's really really cool. It, it's it's clunky, as you would expect from a a game that's that's working on brand new technology trying to figure stuff out and and like it's trying to render a full body based on like where your head and and hands are and so sometimes i mean all the time the animations are really goofy but um it's they're they're they're, they're I, I can't fault them for trying and the game itself works really well i mean i i just i'm really impressed with it it's it's weird and clunky and 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 they're still figuring it out but I'm impressed at how far it's already gotten. Uh, I'll say that. It makes me hopeful, you know, for the next few years. Does it let but, you um, walk around? Like, it's yeah. not one of those teleporting. So most things. games, yeah, most games, here's here's one of my big issues with VR and, like, what I think is going to hold it back in the short term is this obsession with with making sure people don't get dizzy. And so everything either teleports you or cause, or, like, you have to, like, move along, like, a grid where it, like, it like yeah. shifts you. It, they don't. It, most games don't let you do free movement unless you're in a cockpit, and uh, and I can see why because when you first get control of your character in Onward, the military game, 
it, it's disorienting. You move and you don't expect to move and you go, oh. <laughs> and it's kind of like, what the hell is going on? But it literally takes like 15 seconds and you're fine. It, it's not a big deal. I'm sure some people cannot get past it, but sorry, it's not for you. I, 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 that's try before you buy, I guess. Um, because it's just, it, I, I think that that would be a minority of people. It just doesn't seem like that big of a, of a problem. And, and, and this is one of the more popular VR games. And there were, there's lots of people playing from what I've seen. I mean, I, I haven't had an issue. I was playing over the weekend. But, um, yeah, I, 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 that, that's been really impressive, really neat, um, really hard. I've just gotten shot a lot, mostly. I killed a teammate accidentally, and I think I've killed two, two enemies and one teammate all in one round. <laughs> um, but, uh, now, yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah, the folks at home, they can't see your little 1984 eye in the sky set up there. Mm -hmm. So, let me put it, that up there for I all. could actually, if you're watching the video, I'll show you where I've got my uh, cameras here. I've got one up on the windowsill, kind of pointed catty corner near the ceiling, and then one up on this doorway here. Um, and I've had some tracking issues, and I'm not sure what's causing them. Uh, most Mostly not major ones, but every once in a while it'll kind of like shift around a little bit, and I have no idea why. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. It seems like the placement of the cameras is fine. It seems like that's pretty much what they recommend. So I don't think that that's the problem. But the cool thing about the cameras that I didn't know is that they don't need to connect directly to the computer. They're wireless. Um, really? You just plug them into the wall. Yeah. So anywhere you have a wall outlet, and it's a long cable too, so it's got a lot of you know leeway. You can just just hang them up wherever you want, um, and that's that's nice. I, I didn't expect it to be that simple. Uh, are there any there, like latency issues with the being wireless? Not that I could know. Here's I was I've heard this about the Vive, and I didn't believe it until I saw it. But it, you're probably when you see the motion controllers, you probably think like the Wii, and it is, <laughs> it is orders of magnitude more. It is one to one. You will not. When you are in VR and you're looking at the virtual controllers, you might as well be looking at real controllers. I, I, I think that it would be extremely hard. The frame rate is the only thing you possibly look at to like notice that they're not actually there. It's, it's, it is one-to-one. -one. Um, that's the most impressive thing to me. It's like when I first got in there and I looked at the controllers and I was moving them around and like touching the controllers against each other and they're perfectly... Like, like oh, when they cool. hit each other, they hit exactly where they should, and you can, like, slide them along their axis, and it's just, like, right there perfectly. I, I was amazed. That's one of the most impressive things to me. Um, I, I, I couldn't believe how, how accurate that was. But, uh, so, yeah, that's not, not at all an issue. Latency is not a thing as far as the tracking goes. That's good. Um, that I, would I be a, had... a deal breaker. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and that's, I think that is a deal breaker for me with the, uh, the P the Sony one, the PSVR, it uses cameras and that move controller, which is very old technology. I'm sure they've updated the firmware, but like you can see when you're watching PlayStation VR, how shaky it is. And, and you don't get that in, in the valve, in the, in the Vive. It's not shaky. Um, you, I mean, you'll, you'll see a little bit of shakiness, but it's your own hand shaking as far as I can tell. Um, because you're so, so in the game, just exactly. like EA sports. But, uh, yeah, that that's that's super super impressive. Uh, I have noticed some lag and stuff in games, but I think it's my computer. I really need a new CPU. So that's another thing. I I was trying to buy a new CPU, 
my motherboard is outdated and only accepts 1155, which there's hardly any CPUs that have that for the motherboard, like that, that compatibility. And they're really expensive because apparently they're rare, even though they're old. So I need to upgrade my PC pretty majorly. And that's what's preventing me from really playing. I tried out DCS, the flight simulator stuff, which is what I really oh, wanted right. to try. Uh, and it was playable, but like looking in one direction on the map made it lag to the point where it was not playable. I had to I had to look in a certain direction. Like like playing actual game and like actually going on missions and stuff would be impossible. Fooling around in a helicopter, just taking off and landing is fine, but um, I, I need a better computer to play that. Uh, also, the resolution is rough in a game that isn't built for VR. Um, mm. I think anti-aliasing would help a lot. I think they automatically turned off anti-aliasing, and I can probably turn that back on. But it was very noticeable in that game and not so noticeable in Rec Room. And onward, stuff in the distance is a little blurry, and it's kind of like when you're playing a game like that and you're looking for like a sniper on a rooftop, it can be a little bit difficult because you're really just seeing the outlines. Yeah, but, that must um, be kind of weird for it to be so... I mean, I haven't put it on in an actual game, but if you're expecting in real life to be able to look out into the distance and mm-hmm. and see, but in games, there's like the level of detail fading in of quality as things get farther. Yeah, because technically it's not lower detail than your monitor, but the fact that you're up close to it makes yeah. it feel that way because you're trying. You you feel like you should be able to see that far, um, and 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 I think games like Onward, like Arma. You right-click an Arma, and you zoom in. No matter what weapon you're holding or anything, you zoom in to about, like, 1.5 times zoom. Like, just kind of a little zoom. And um, I use that constantly in Arma. And I don't know how that would feel in VR, but I can't imagine it would be too bad. Or maybe there's a way you could do it where it wouldn't be too bad. Maybe just a physical scope. Like, you raise it up in front of you and look through. I mean, you can do it on your gun. You have a scope on your gun, but it's tiny. It's hard to use. Like a real scope, you know? Uh, so that's not something you want to like, you don't want to run around right. using the actual scope. You got to like close one eye. I mean, it's, it's like using a real scope on a, on a gun. Uh, so well, that, that's kind of cool anyway. It but... is really, really cool <laughs> to hold a gun up and see down the site and like the red dot site and stuff like that. It, there's, it is so satisfying to like hold the pistol in that, in that game and just you can point it and look down the sights and, and you can actually like pull the slide back and like reload. You take the magazine out and put a new one in from your, from your pocket on your chest. You've got a grenade, the pistol, uh, syringes and stuff. Like you've got a knife and you can just whip that stuff out and, and it feels really good once you get the hang of doing that stuff. It's, it's really fucking neat. I had a machine gun and to reload the machine gun, you go through the whole you know, you're familiar with the, the animation of like a light machine gun where you like pull up the top and reload the big cartridge. And then but do you physically off. do it? Yeah. And you oh, pull man. Out, you pull out the ammo from the cartridge and put it down in the top and close it and then pull the... the That's cool. Back. It, it's, it feels really, really good. <laughs> Sniper rifle with the bolt action, you have to lift it up and pull it back and the little thing flies out. That stuff is... Reloading a shotgun is really cool. You, you hold it up like this and you've got... The shells come out of your chest, and you just you just feed it into the bottom of the shotgun. I, I, it's just fucking sweet. <laughs> um, that, that, okay, that yeah. does sound really, really. It it is it is awesome. Um, I'm uh, very glad that there's already like an actual game that's VR essentially. Yeah, I would call it an actual game, and it's only twenty five dollars, which for VR 
Like most of these VR like experiences and shit that you're gonna get like two hours out of are like forty dollars and stuff. Just not at all worth it. Um, they're just tech demos essentially. This is the only one that I've seen. Not the only one, but but the only one that I've really wanted to buy. Um, uh, it, it, it seems totally worth the price, and people are playing it, which I. I'm I'm kind of surprised that people are playing it, but they're playing it. And and once you actually get in there and you start playing it, like you can see, like okay, there's an appeal for this where you could actually I could actually see myself like saying like all right, you know, Saturday I'm going to move all my stuff around and 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 have a VR day here and and play some onward. Um, people I know people are getting like knee pads. First thing I noticed in that game is like you start going under fire and you drop down in real life. Oh, cool. floor. And it's like, and I was talking like in game, I was talking about it and someone was like, yeah, you gotta get knee pads. And I thought he was joking. And I realized he's not joking because you kind of need them. So how low can the cameras detect you? Like you can't go, oh, prone. You can go prone. Oh, you can? Yeah, you can go all the way to the ground. What? It's, you feel like a total goofball because you're sitting in the middle of your living room. I've got, I had on my stream, I had a camera pointing at me. I don't know if you can see that low on my camera in the stream, but like. You're sitting, you're crawling around on the ground in this game and stuff. Like I was up, I was in the second floor of this little building that had like really low windows, and I was kind of like crawling around and peeking out the window and and lifting my gun over the window, and I shot someone like <laughs> that's down around oh. it like that. The fact that you can do stuff like that is just so. Your mic's doing it again, unfortunately. But I I get what you mean, like that level of immersion there's really nothing like that where you physically do the act it's simple it's so simple but to be able to physically do the actions that your character is trying to do instead of have like an abstract button that completes it for you that's that's wild that's really cool yeah uh, I, I, I've just been having a blast. I can't wait to try more of that. Uh, That's almost cooler to me than, like, the, the visual part, is to be able to use your hands to do things and yeah. move things. And Yeah, I think that that... Um, I think I'm a definite, definite sell the second generation. Yeah. I would recommend it for the second generation. Like, only, no and that's only because I've waited too long, I feel like, at this point. Um, like... <laughs> I think it's I would have been happy with a day one Vive purchase if, you know, I had wanted one at the time. I'll tell you, I'm happy with my purchase. Um, because I'm going to enjoy showing it to people. I've oh, enjoyed streaming yeah. it. Um, so that stuff makes it worth it, I'd say. Like, I'm going to get my money's worth in the long run, just like with all the time spent having fun with it. Um, but I would say if you're looking at it for like one single thing where it's like, okay, that Onward game looks really cool, or I want to use it with this one game I like, I, I, I'm not sure. It's there you yet. You better make sure, make sure it's like, – like, like for my dad, Simulator, totally worth it um, because he plays that game all the time. But like you got to be sure that you're going to use it. Okay. Uh, because if you're just getting it because you think – and I'll talk about this in a second. Rec Room looks really cool. Rec Room is really, really cool to experience – but you're not going to play it for, for a long period of time. You're just going to fool around with it for a little while and think, think it was cool and then leave it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, the second generation will be fucking nuts, I think. Uh, the, you know, the, the I Oculus bet you. It came out like today or yesterday or something, too. And apparently it's even better. Um, better than the Vive? Yeah. They, so it's got pros and cons. But the controllers itself themselves are apparently better than the Oculus. 
uh, they've got like finger tracking and stuff, and they're not like the full controllers. Where like with the with the Vive, they get in the way of each other because they're so bulky. Oh. And like if I'm trying to pull the the slide back on a pistol, they're gonna run into each other and stuff. So you kind of have to approximate everything. But with the Oculus, they just kind of wrap around your hands, and they're they're much smaller, much more compact. And it looks like the next generation of the Vive ones are gonna be that way too. That'll be a significant improvement. Um, I bet you you'll be able to upgrade some of your stuff. Like I don't know if you'll need to get new cameras the next time around. I would be I would I would be shocked if they needed if you needed new cameras. Um, and I would think that you could do it modular too. Like okay, they're gonna come out with a new, I bet they'll come out with new controllers before they come out with the new version of the headset. That's probably true. Case, um, because I think the headset has a longer way to go to really upgrade it. It needs it needs some more serious technology. And it's probably and about it, as good as it can be for like a reasonable price. Exactly. For for the for the for the hardware you're gonna be using it with. That's the real problem. Is like if they up the resolution, then nobody's gonna be able to use it anyway, um, because they're not gonna have a graphics card for it. But um yeah, I I'm super impressed with it so far. And I was impressed too, like the Oculus gets really hot on my face and the Vive it gets a little warm, but I haven't noticed it nearly as badly. Um, I, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's just because the stuff I've been doing with the Oculus was so intense. Like, doing the rally game is really gets your heart rate up. But um, I don't know. It, it seems like I've had a, a higher level of comfort with this than the Oculus. Um, but, but from what I've seen of the Oculus stuff with the controllers and, like, having two of the cameras that they sell, I think it's about the same price point. But I would I would say it, it seems like it's a really really comparable experience. Um, the only problem is the Oculus is locking their store off, where there's a lot of Oculus only games. Uh, the one coming out that I really want to play is uh, uh, Super Hot VR. That's only out. Oculus. <sighs> yeah. Oh, bad. Mike, man, he's lost it. He's lost his mind and his audio. I, I might just stick with my shitty webcam mic. I don't know what's going that's, on. That's actually not horrible. Yeah. That's okay. Um, so, the, the uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, super hot. Super hot VR looks, <laughs> like, fucking amazing. Look up a video of super hot VR, because you know the concept of super hot. Right, hot yeah. Shoot people, take their gun out of midair, shoot another guy, pick up his katana and swipe another guy and block the bullet in midair. Doing all that in VR with the motion controls will be yeah. fucking wild. Um, this sounds like seems... exactly what like the Wii was aiming for, like the oh, fantasy yeah. of the behind the well, Wii. Obviously, it was, it was never. It was, a, it was a launch game, wasn't it? Uh, one of those. Red I Steel. Forgot. I know what Red you're Steel. fucking talking about. That trailer. I watched that trailer a million times, and I believed. That it was real I back in 2006. <laughs> I believed that the game would be like that. And little did I know it was an Ubisoft game, and I didn't know what that <laughs> meant at the time. But, oh my god, when the actual... Okay, to set the stage, the trailer was just the coolest thing ever. It's like this perfect one-to-one. -one, you're moving the gun around with the motion controls and just popping shots off and reloading and all that. And then you go out into, onto the roof and this like samurai yakuza music starts playing and you have a sword fight with a, a dude on the on the roof like in the rain and it's this perfect one-to-one -one clash of steel and the actual game was an irredeemable piece of shit. One of the worst games I've ever played and it sucked. 
like the guns felt horrible because it's a Wii. It's essentially like a mouse that moves at 20 frames per second, uh, and it's so inaccurate. And then the motion controls on the original Wiimote, they were, it's basically just like an accelerometer. It, it f detects if you're swinging it, and not really which way, and it's just, yeah, did not live up to that concept. But this sounds like it's there. The technology's there, there now. There. It took a decade, but we're there. Damn. Uh, I want, yeah, I, I want the original concept of Red Steel VR. I mean, I really do think that that's that's I, I, super hot. VR is like the kind of game that I envisioned when I first heard of the room scale stuff. It was like, holy shit! Like, hold a sword and crazy shit in slow motion and stuff. Um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to to trying that. It, it is going to eventually come out on Vive. I don't know how long it'll take, but I assume they have. They're they're acting like they haven't done it this way, but I would be fucking shocked if Oculus isn't paying them to to keep it exclusive. It I, must I, be. It wouldn't make any sense for them to keep it Oculus exclusive. Um, so uh, that's annoying. And 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 Oculus has consistently shown that that's kind of the direction they're going. Of like, we want a closed platform, and, and I think that that is detrimental to the entire. First of all, the the whole the whole premise that they were going for when they initially launched the Oculus was that they want to to kickstart the entire industry of VR and like make it an open industry and 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 make it something viable. And now they're now they're working against it, um, and that that pisses me off a lot. I but, think um, they really lost in a big way. I mean, that was totally what they were going for, um, but. If you look at like Apple and their App Store, when the iPhone came out and they first added apps, there was no competition. There was no yeah. platform where you could download apps that were that quality on a mobile device that just didn't exist. Android came like years later and, you know, it it took a while to catch up even after that. So Apple had this super closed ecosystem and it was able to get away with it because there was nobody else on the block. But the Vive is already here. You can play games on your Vive. If you don't want the closed ecosystem of the Oculus, if that is slightly unappealing to you, which it probably is going to be, if you're the type of consumer who's going to drop hundreds of dollars on bleeding-edge virtual reality technology with motion controls, then uh, maybe you'll probably not want a closed-off store ecosystem, and maybe you'll instead want the best hardware. Yeah, they they just, you know... They saw the reality of the money in their face, and they took it. And Facebook, I think, was their has... only option, because they came to market with the inferior hardware. Yeah, I think if they, I think if they had rushed it to market a little bit more, but this could have been detrimental too. I know why they didn't want to do this, but like they could have been far and away the first ones on the market. And even if their hardware wasn't up to snuff, I, at a fairly reasonable price, being the first ones to market by like a year. That that would have been huge, but uh, but instead they were selling like the dev kits, and it just didn't really. Yeah. You, they they went for a vision of like, all right, we want like a complete system before we can sell this thing, and I, I support that idea, but when you're being beaten to the market by two major competitors, uh, and then you and then the product you put out isn't any better than what they're offering, like, what have you done, really? I, I guess you've really just kickstarted the competition, which is great. <laughs> I mean, that worked, but. Yeah, but uh, but now they're but now they're they're saying like, well, all right, now now we have to now we have to make it our own system so that we'll have people have an incentive to buy us instead of them, and and that's shitty. But uh, 
yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super impressed. I, I, I think the only reason I know that there's a lot of naysayers out there talking about how it's a gimmick, how it's connect or 3d TV. And, and I just, that cannot be further from the truth. I think if anyone tries it, then they will understand that like, there is such a clear potential here. Um, we've already reached a lot of the potential it has and, and, and the future for it is incredibly bright. I, I just can't imagine the stuff that we could do with this. Like it's, it's so cool. Um, the fact that the technology is already at this point is, is really impressive to me, but, um, yeah, I, so I'll, I'll talk about a couple other things. Um, well, first of all, I, I meant to talk, I think my microphone cut out talking about it. Um, when I was streaming it, I had a wireless connection on my USB plug-in thing, and it, it, it kept cutting out, like every three, three seconds. It was like really weird. I've never had this kind of internet issue where instead of cutting out for like a minute at a time, it was like it was just cutting out for like a second at a time every several seconds. Hmm. Um, like I would get in the game and everyone would move around and be fine and then they would glitch and they would start moving in one direction and then they'd regain. It was like I had a standby button or something. Uh, and, and the streaming was impossible. And I kept thinking it was my internet. I even called my service provider and stuff. I couldn't figure out what the problem was. And then I realized uh, the VR was interfering with it somehow. And I don't know why it wasn't doing it the first night, but it was doing it the second night I tried to stream. But um, the USB, I think the USB, like, I don't know. I Excuse me for my lack of computer knowledge and talk, but like the USB ports were being overloaded and it, it couldn't process at all. And so it was just like cutting in and out and it was prioritizing the VR. And so it was the internet that it was trying to go through, through the USB was, was not able to do it at the same time. Um, Did you that get was a like a, a PCI? Card, I hardwired it. Card? I've got a really long oh, okay, Ethernet nice. cable, uh, which isn't ideal because it has to string across the doorway to the room, but for temporary measures, it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, that was weird. And the other game that I played, Rec Room, <laughs> it's free and it's probably the actually, I would say definitely the best thing on VR right now. Um, completely free, it's a Rec room simulator. You you go into a a, a YMCA style uh, gym where there's like a central area with ping pong tables and stuff where everyone hangs out. It's all online. It's all other people on on uh, virtual reality. And then you can go and you can do like mini games. And there's like paintball and dodgeball and frisbee golf and uh, uh, charades where you <laughs> draw stuff. You draw stuff in three D. Pictionary. But three dimensional. Yeah. So like everyone's like standing on a stage in like a semicircle, and they're the contestants, and then the person drawing is in the middle, and and it's they've got a whole area for it, and they've got like a little paint gun, I guess you could call it, and they're just like drawing in the air, and so you can like make a three D object, and uh, just really cool concepts like that that like really encourage a lot of interaction and a lot of communications and, and stuff, and it's so cool to communicate with someone where you can see their head and their hands moving. You can high five each other and shit. Oh, okay. It, it, so it, it acknowledges, like when you high five someone, it like puffs out with like a little confetti and <laughs> makes a big snapping sound. And when you fist bump someone, you join their party. And when oh. you shake hands with someone, you become friends with them. It's great. That's that's a great like. It's it's everything they do in that game. Integration. Is genius, the controls. And it works so well. 
and like frisbee golf actually like you actually feel like you're throwing a fucking frisbee and you're just sitting there chilling with some other guy named 420 and you ask him if he smokes weed and you throw your frisbee and <laughs> it's just great and then there's little kids everywhere and the kids i thought would be obnoxious but instead they're like legitimately cute because they're just running around in VR <laughs> having fun and i was bullying them and there's a bucket, <laughs> there's a big orange bucket and you can walk up and the kids the funny thing is that since it's tracking you in real life their height is real so you can tell them you're <laughs> a child because they're half your size so you can walk up behind them with a bucket and put it on their head <laughs> and they can't see it's great i love it i love virtual reality i love rec room okay it's so fucking great um that sounds incredible <laughs> the bucket incredible. okay Maybe I'll need to bump this purchase up. I don't know. It's it's so good. It is so good. Um, no, I would hate to recommend it to someone because they they spend I, a bunch of money yeah. on it and then and then it wouldn't. Not that it wouldn't live up to your expectations, but it would it would right become something you wouldn't use after a couple of weeks, and that would suck. But uh, it is so fucking cool. I I cannot say enough good things about it. That's um, good. I'm I'm glad it's as good as it seemed to be. Yeah, it is. I um. I also finished Doom finally. Oh, that's also real good. Yes, it is. What have you been up to? Okay. Um. Well, I played a game called Fury, and it's fucking great. It's a great, great ass game. It kind of reminded me of Doom a little bit. Um. In, like, I. I guess it's like Doom in how every moment of gameplay is so quick and satisfying and it just yeah. feels really really good to do every action in the game at all times and the style of it is just perfect um i put a picture of it this week's picture is um is from fury it's a super stylized the guy who um created afro samurai did the character designs oh, of the really? game yeah and it shows like it's really stylish and it all it works it's like this super cool neon um strange world basically you're the stranger and you're locked up and getting tortured and electrocuted constantly and this guy's talking shit to you and just beating you up and then this strange rabbit man lets you free and he says you got to kill the jailer to get out and the first fight is with that guy who was beating you up and it's basically a tutorial but um there's like two phases of the gameplay, I'd say, like two key components to it. There's the field stage and the like melee stage. The field stage often has a lot of um, bullet hell-like stuff, which I'm really into. Not everybody's into that, but I really love bullet hell stuff. Um, I don't play a lot of designated bullet hell games, but I like games with bullet hell elements. Yeah. And um, but the field stage is not all about that. Like, there's a One lot of melee wait. combat there. Just because you mentioned Bullet Hell, and I'll forget if I don't say it now. By the way, someone compared um, Rec Room to Gmod. Uh, Gmod Tower is Rec Room. It, it, Rec, Room <laughs> Rec Room is Gmod Tower in VR. That's what it is. But anyway, uh, uh, there is a game, there's a mini game. Like Valve has a collection of like VR experiences, and they're really, really well done. It felt like that Valve polish with like, good writing and funny jokes and stuff like that. Um, and one of the little experiences that they made was like an arcade game where you go into it, and you're in this it's not very big feeling like it's about this feeling is like, like like sitting in your desk it would probably like fill like a six foot radius around you like you can reach all the way to the end pretty much and um you grab a little ship and you control the ship 
and if you point it at an enemy, it automatically shoots. And you have to, it's like a bullet hell game where you, you're shooting enemies and stuff, but it's bullet hell in 3D. And so you're having to like navigate like all of these bullets like flying around and like kind of fly your ship through just by like moving your hand around. It, it's surprisingly fun. It feels really, really good. Um, I just, I, I've watched a video of it and you don't get it through the video because there's no depth perception. So you have no idea how they're dodging stuff, but like in real life, it's totally obvious where everything is. And so you can just easily like maneuver your way through. It's just really neat. I, I just wanted to mention that because it's like a really clever thing that I haven't seen any other games doing. Um, and I would like to see like a full featured game do it. But anyway, to, sure. talking about I mean, that definitely speaks to just how fun bullet hell can be yeah. uh, at its peak. Like when you're dodging and weaving perfectly and still putting out a lot of damage. There's... Would you compare Fury to uh, Nier? Yeah, okay. So I do... Good. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> um, so when I bought Nier after I saw the trailer for Nier Automata, that really cool boss fight trailer, mm. um, and I'm like, whoa, the first game's probably not that good. I know it's not developed by Platinum, but if, it, if it's even half that good then I'll be totally in. So I hunted around all these different game stops around my area. I had to go to three of them to find one that actually had a PS3 copy of Nier. And I got it. And um, it kind of sucked. Like, it's... I don't know. I, I gave up on it pretty early. I heard the story's good, but I don't want to play it anymore because it wound up being like 90% very, very mediocre JRPG. Kind of bad JRPG. And then, like, 5% combat. Yeah. And, like, only 1% of that combat was any good. The high points were really cool. Like, the boss fights were awesome. And they had the bullet hell stuff going on, too. But that stuff is not the core of the game by any means. Fury is kind of the opposite approach. There is no fat in this game. It is only bosses. There's no enemies. There's no, like, collectibles. No quests. Nothing. It's only bosses and so all the effort in the game went toward developing these boss fights and it really really shows every boss has uh, a few phases it's like anywhere ranging from three to six phases per boss and it depends like how long they are and <clears throat> excuse me and um every phase is extremely different from the one before it for every single boss in the game uh it, it really feels like a perfect kind of boss rush experience they really did a great job with it. Um, the music is fantastic. They got um, Carpenter Brute from Hotline Miami to do yeah, a lot of the I songs for it. Yeah, it's it's sick. It's really sick, especially the um, the song that plays during the fight with the burst. She's like this sniper chick, and you kind of have this massive arena while she's sniping at you, and you're ducking behind cover and trying to rush up on her um, and take her out, and then it transitions to the melee fight. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to just describe because it's really about how it feels to play it just feels great um they're like these flashy super quick almost anime like animations where you parry and attack instantly like these real flashy quick movements that are nearly instant um in some ways it's kind of like dark souls oh. that inevitable comparison that everyone has to make about every game but yeah i mean there's a dodge there's an attack there's um, a parry but unlike Dark Souls, where your dodges have, like, invincibility frames, this, you just kind of teleport a short distance. So it, it keeps the pace much, much faster. 
because to avoid damage, you're actually dodging directly through things instantly and then can continue into your attack. Like, there's no time consumed by that action. Everything is just very well considered in the combat. Um, and, you know, the story also works. It's not like the greatest thing ever, not the greatest story in the game, but it's a, a real cut above most action games. Like, there's some legitimately interesting stuff going on in the story. And, um... Interesting enough that going back for a second playthrough, you were, like, thinking about things in a different way. Like, certain revelations make you, you know, it's it's a good story. It's not the greatest, but it's worth it. It was it made the game interesting. Uh, I don't know. It Man, it's hard to talk about this game. You really just got to play it. It's short. It's cheap. You should just play it. Um, but right before we started this podcast, I finished my Furier difficulty run. There's the um, easy mode, which is, you know, piss easy. It's meant to just be like a, a tour of the content and the visuals and the sound and all that. Then there's Fury, which is normal. And after that, you get Furier. And it's probably the best, like, higher difficulty mode I've ever seen. Because there is no... The phrase artificial difficulty is kind of treated like a joke. Like, it's not real. Like, oh, there's no such thing as artificial difficulty. Well, there definitely is, and this proves it, Fury proves it, by being the counterexample. There is no inflation of boss health. There's not just more phases. Um, you don't do less damage. You don't take more damage, necessarily. Uh, instead, all the boss's movesets for every phase are different. Every single one of them. Every boss in the game. It's like all new content. It's not just a harder mode. Um, they cool. make the actual challenges you have to face different and harder which is the best possible approach they could have taken it really made that second playthrough feel like just a solid continuation of that first run so i really really enjoy that game um one of my favorites this year by far and uh that's about all i can really say about fury you really just ought to play it there's not much more to say um but I also played another game, and this kind of uh, addresses the other half of Nier, the RPG part. I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles mm -hmm. on 3DS, and I know JRPGs aren't for everybody, but I like one once in a while. I probably play like one a year, I'll say. And this is my JRPG of the year, I guess. And uh, it basically does what Nier was trying to do. I don't know about the story, so maybe it's... It definitely is a completely different story. Nier is kind of dark, and but like as far as just being, I don't know. It's really easy to do an RPG about leveling and exploring, and like it's easy to do that boring and bland and make it repetitive. And Xenoblade Chronicles hasn't done that yet. They do a really nice job. It's not like a an action RPG by any means. Like, it's all about your skills and picking the right attacks at the right time, but uh, it's like a kind of simple, not turn-based, but kind of turn-based cool-down, almost like MMO combat, but better. Yeah. Uh, but it just works very well, and they managed to integrate one of the points of the story into the gameplay pretty well. The protagonist can, like, see into the future. He can have a vision of something bad that's about to happen, and that's a major part of the story. But in the combat, you're actually able to see, like, a little flash. And, like, it's almost like a little cutscene that'll play. 
like a boss their biggest attack you can see that oh they're gonna use it on this party member and it's gonna kill him and I have 10 seconds before it'll do it so I have that long to figure out how I'm gonna prevent that from happening yeah. and so it's just a cool little twist on the gameplay I've, I've never I might even say that I've never even really played a JRPG like, really never for any extended period of time Chrono Trigger uh, I think I've actually played a little bit of Chrono Trigger, but I'm talking like a few hours and, I, and never more than that. Like, I just have never gotten into them. And um, I'm thinking Persona 5 comes out sometime in the middle of next year. Or that, that's I'm definitely going to play that. They put that one off for like three years. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that might be, I might take swing at Persona 5 because I fucking love the style. Oh, of hell yeah. So much. And 5 is. So, just watching those trailers and stuff like that it has such an impressive style I, absolutely i'm in love with that i didn't and give I, a shit about persona and i saw that trailer and then yeah, i was sold I, immediately i i gave a little bit of a shit because i have seen a lot of persona 4 like just just playthroughs um not the full game but more than half the game i would say of persona 4 i've seen and i did enjoy it um it, it's pretty repetitive and that's i think that's my biggest problem with jrpgs in general is like it's you get into them and they're a long haul and it seems like you're doing the same shit over and over and yeah, even sometimes yeah. the story even goes along with it where it's like the same shit over and over like in persona 4 it's like all right you're going in for another dungeon crawl and you know what's going to be at the end like it's always the same shit um so that annoys me a little bit but i feel like if i was more invested like actually playing it maybe i could get into it so i might you know if i end up having a ps4 at that point that persona 5 comes out i might give it a shot but uh yeah like 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 final fantasy what 15 is out now yeah like just came out and i just i look at that and i have zero uh, i i there's no incentive for me to play that game like i just don't i look at it i I think it looks kind of cool but i don't really want to play it for some reason i'm not sure why like to me it's just like i don't get it i don't get that game um the, the combat looks atrocious to me uh but I mean, whatever. I don't. I don't judge anyone for playing it. I don't know. I, but, but like, it, it's just like completely not my thing. Um, what? One little odd thing I've noticed about the design philosophy of JRPG is that a lot of times the gameplay hook will just be to eliminate one really annoying aspect that has always played plagued JRPGs. Like Earthbound was probably the first to like really make a conscious effort to attack an annoying piece of shit part of playing RPGs. And that's when you're walking around a low-level area. Pokemon, if you've, you've definitely oh, played Pokemon, yeah. right? You're yeah, walking yeah, around yeah. the starting town, and you're walking through the grass, and like a level 2 Pidgey will attack you and waste your time, even though you're way beyond that point. Yeah, you um, should be able to just squash it. Exactly. In Earthbound, instead of having you fight it, if it's too low level, like if you're guaranteed to win, it'll just immediately award you the experience and the fight doesn't even happen I've so like a little streamlining and and it seems like it has that same shit going on where it's like I've, i'm sure grass, it does yep there's the thing and it's like I, I don't know how anyone could put up with that for a long period of time definitely I remember as a kid trying to play pokemon and going like well fuck this the streamlining i run into, into another zubat and i'm done with it yeah exactly and so the streamlining is always appreciated um and in the case of xenoblade the world is massive, like almost comically massive, where the areas are huge. They feel yeah. like an entire world 
probably is the, the biggest three D spaces I've is seen that in an RPG. The same game that's on the Wii U. It's the one before it, so oh, it's okay. probably not like as big. But I'm in this um. This kind of relates into the story and the world building too. They do a really good job with the story so far. Um, like the the world that you're on is actually this dead titan who's kind of turned into rock and you know life has grown on it and that's just where you live on this massive humanoid creature and so this plains area that i'm in is actually its knee and when you walk into a new area it'll show you like a little point on this thing's body of where you physically are and uh yeah it's like, like miles and miles but it's just a knee it's pretty incredible that um, sounds really cool to me i i, I like that I yeah like yeah that. But with a world that big, it could be so annoying to do quests because what's like your average side quest in an RPG? Oh, I need 10 uh, bat wings from the cave. Please bring them back to me. Or I need this recipe for my classic muffin recipe. Oh, man, please get it. So, God, that stuff could be so annoying if you actually had to go and retrieve the materials and bring them back. This yeah. game doesn't make you do that at all. You get a quest... To get materials like fetch quest whatever but it just doesn't make you bring them back as soon as you collect it it's over and you get your reward immediately you don't have to return anywhere and in a, a game like the witcher 3 or something that would break immersion but because it's a, a you know admittedly silly rpg uh yeah. it, 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 that's fine it's that's fine exactly totally you're yeah it's all about the immersion it's all about like like living in the place that you're that that it puts you in, but but yeah, that's not at all what <laughs> not at all what JRPGs Yeah, definitely are not. Um, so yeah, just a cool game overall. I, I'm enjoying that. I also went to a town, a quaint little town called Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, not New Vegas. Not New Vegas. Actual Vegas. Okay. Um, uh, again, it was cool. It's a cool place. There's no place like it. Um, no place really should be like it either. But uh. <laughs> Um, you know, not much to say. For some, somehow, I wound up getting up again. Um, I've been to Vegas twice, and both times I really killed it, just by complete random luck. Uh, I've never legally gambled. Really? It's it's never. fun. I don't have that like itch. My dad, now he he doesn't like gamble the family farm away, but <laughs> he like gets real into like roulette and is like. Oh, uh, man, he's crazy into craps. Like, he'll just start shouting out, Yo, 11! Dealer on the 11! Ace 2, scrap one! For yeah, and like... I, I, I walk into a casino, and I feel like everyone else knows what they're doing, and I don't. I mean, I know how to play poker. I know how to play blackjack. I know how these things work. And I feel like I'm probably better than the average person, even in a casino. But I still sit there, and I go, like, I feel like I yep. don't belong here. And it's intimidating, especially, here. like... Even if you're just alone at a table, there's like a pit boss standing behind the dealer, yeah, just like looking at you. Get, yeah, I usually don't get that kind of anxiety. Yeah. But like in a in a casino area, like I just, I yeah, I definitely. Feel you will that. never be more heavily surveilled in your life <laughs> yeah. than in a casino. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and there's all these conventions that I have no idea about. Like all of these, like this is good luck, this is bad luck, this is good manners, this is bad manners. And I have zero idea what they are, and I and so I also always <laughs> feel like I'm doing something, and I always feel like I'm going to get yelled at by the dealer because I put my hands in the wrong place or something like that. And this is just playing fake, with fake yeah. money in like a charity organization and stuff. Like I've never been to a real casino, so yeah, it's it's really <laughs> fun. It's worth doing. Um, I I I won't 
tell a bunch of stories, but I'll tell one. I went to um this place. Oh, shit. What was it called? It's like the El Rancho or it was one of the places in downtown Vegas. So off the strip, the limits on the tables are lower. Mm. Um so there's like five dollar blackjack, two dollar roulette minimum. And so, you know, um it you can play for longer. It's more fun, but you also get the seedier, more entertaining elements too. And so I was playing roulette and this this Asian guy with a cowboy hat comes in and he's like looking all shifty and like darting his head around and then he comes up to the roulette table and he's just like flipping his chips around. This is not like a racist thing, but <laughs> this is just something I noticed. I think it's fair to say that like in Asian cultures, superstition oh is more real to people. Like I think that people who are from Asia, or just those cultures in general, they they are more superstitious than the West. I think that's a fair statement, and you can definitely see that. Like there will be, I saw this guy sit at a table, he cashed in five hundred bucks, and then he placed a five dollar bet down. He watched what came out, and then he immediately left because he just didn't like how something went. Like he just immediately said, "No, no, no." That's what he said, and he left. And uh, it's, it's a real thing. So anyway, this, this crazy guy comes up to the table and he's like, Bro! Bro! Get me on the, get me on the 789, bro! And he just starts throwing shit everywhere. And then he, he, for the rest of the time playing, never shuts his mouth. He is constantly talking just the most outlandish shit. Like, listen, my son. Listen, my brother. I do not believe in marriage. I only believe in commitment. Do you believe in commitment? Commitment is better for you, brother. And he would always call me brother. But the thing was, he never made eye contact. Like, even when he's talking directly to you, he's, like, looking over you. And then he asked me, are you local or are you a tourist? Uh, I'm a tourist. Oh, better be tourist than local. You be local like me, you gamble all your money away all the time. Never have any money. Put it all on the table. Just... (laughs) crazy dude and he was there for like another three hours i was watching him he didn't leave that table that's his life crazy guy like and that's gambling is like uh it can really fuck you up yeah so that's my don't little gamble, vegas story don't gamble on uh, CSGO skins, yeah definitely don't do that i also saw the blue man group they were cool um oh yeah that's about all i have to say about vegas i'd like to go to a magic show Oh yeah, I saw I saw Penn and Teller for the second right. time in my life though. I saw them once six years ago, and then once more now. They weren't as they weren't as cool this time yeah. around. Part of it's because I saw they did a lot of the tricks again. Yeah. Um, and then some of the newer tricks that they did were not very good. But uh, really, I I like Magic, so it was good to see them, and they're funny. They're funny guys. Um, I've got I've got one more thing to talk about before we head into halves. Sure. I watched Enemy. Have you ever seen that? Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Yeah. That's a crazy movie. It is. It's definitely mysterious. I don't know how much I have to say about it. I will say, like, I, that movie ended, and I was like, huh. And I, I, I went in, like, basically knowing nothing about that movie. And I feel like that's a detriment. Like, if I, if I knew someone was about to watch this movie, I would tell them, like, all right, here you go. I'm gonna go ahead and do. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, the viewer, the listener, what I would tell myself before going into this movie. This movie, Bet. the events depicted on the screen aren't necessarily what's actually happening. But it's not like a Fight Club thing. It's not like 
oh, it's it's all in his mind, and he's got a there's a person right there it's more metaphorical it's, it's the whole thing is like metaphorical like yeah it's like there's the events occurring in the plot may or may not have happened and you have to think about whether they're metaphorical or not and it's kind of crazy no, that's um, the same guy who directed sicario and, and arrival. arrival yeah he's a versatile a versatile dude yeah those are three different yeah. three different movies um, and yeah, I, I would recommend Enemy, but but like, do a little, do a minimal amount of research. Don't I don't think you have to. Anything. God, I, I saw I saw Enemy on like a top movies of the year list, and I just watched it. I really enjoyed it. I knew nothing about it, and I don't think I would have wanted to because that was part of the fun for me. Is just how obviously logically it doesn't make sense, and that's part of what drives your interest while you're watching it. Is yes, okay. Clearly, right. this can't this either isn't happening the way it's being shown or something magical is going on. And but I don't think... I think you're right that that drives it, that that keeps you invested in it, but I think that... It's the coal in the furnace. I think by the end of that movie, you... I, I personally didn't feel satisfied because I... I, the, the capacity of my mind was not I'm not smart enough to figure out what that movie's trying to say, especially going in not knowing it was trying to be metaphorical um, and so I, it ended and I was like, I enjoyed that but I don't know what happened and I didn't actually appreciate it until I had until I went back and, and like read people's thoughts on it and, and, and like the theories and that kind of thing of like what it's trying to actually get across to the viewer and then I appreciated it but only in retrospect. Um, at the time, like when the movie ended, I was like, I don't know about that. Like I enjoyed it, but I don't know about it. I, I had to, I had to look up stuff to really appreciate it. And, and maybe, maybe like, maybe I could have given myself a few days of like thinking about it. Like with Sicario, it took at least a full 24 hours for me to actually appreciate that movie. And now I didn't go and read about it. I just kind of thought about it. But, um, I don't know how long it would have taken me with this movie because it, it, just the very premise of it being metaphorical, I, I think it's it's hard. It was hard for me to to figure out like okay, what exactly is it trying to say? I, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough one. I don't know. I I didn't. Ha I got it, and I'm not trying to be a shithead. Like <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know. I I. I don't know if talking about what generally the themes are could be considered a spoiler. But I thought it was a fairly straightforward metaphor about a relationship and an affair and and kind of resolving that tension. And I, I don't know. I, I just didn't have that experience. I felt satisfied at the end. I felt like I understood what it was going for by the end, not like in the middle while it's throwing all the shit at you. But I, I don't know. I, I watched it once. I feel like I, I got it. I don't... It, you, it's definitely something to chew on, but yeah, the, it's not like what's what's happening here. I didn't have that feeling. I think I was just thrown for such a loop because I had no idea that's the direction it was going in. Um, that I didn't realize that the things I was seeing on screen not only weren't necessarily happening as they were portrayed, but also might not even be like a Fight Club situation where it's like something's going on with his mind. Instead, it's like literally just a metaphor. It took me a while to figure that out, and it wasn't until the last like act of the movie that I really started figuring that out. And and by then, it was very hard for me to 
to go back in my head and think about like, okay, what's real? What isn't? What's the actual story here? I don't know. It, it, I, I, I probably should have given myself some time to think about it before just like, like right when that movie ended, I went and I looked it up online. So oh, what okay. People saying about it. And I probably should have given myself some more time, but I just, I, I, I was impatient, I guess, but like, God, I, I just, I was so lost right there at the end that I didn't want to give myself time, I guess. But uh, I think the spider was what made it all clear to me. The spider image. I thought that kind of made it, it framed it in a way great, that it was much easier to understand. It's a fucking great way to end the movie, and, and you're right, it does, it, it instantly makes you think in the right direction, but it's still, my, my whole issue was just figuring out what is actually going on and what isn't actually going on, and, and that was very hard for me to... Well, it's, all, it's really all actually going on in a way. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think we need to talk about the specifics, but... You're kind of freezing for me. I can't hear you right now. Oh, oh dear. I don't know oh, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah, it's, hey. it's a really neat movie. I, 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 I don't want to go into details with it, but I would recommend it too, for sure. Um, I just feel like I would have appreciated it a lot more as I was watching it if I at least understood the premise going in. But then again, maybe maybe going in blind because it's such... <laughs> and, and like, it is fun to kind of figure out. That would have been better, but... I don't know. It's tough. You're, you're still lagging a little bit. I I saw another movie though, and this is kind of Vegas themed. I saw Casino by Martin Scorsese for the first time. Never seen that movie before. I've never seen that full movie either. I don't know if I like it more than Goodfellas, but one thing that's pretty obvious about his movies, the more I see of them, is that he's just getting better at making movies every time. I don't. I don't think like each movie is better than the last because sometimes the idea is just so strong, like Goodfellas or something, like where the idea is so well put together and tied up by the end and the message so powerful. Like, I, you know, you can't top that every time. The Wolf of Wall Street is not some masterpiece of storytelling. But the craft of the filmmaking. He's always just getting better at putting a movie together, I think. Like I went back and watched Wolf of Wall Street again. Actually, I think I might, we might have talked about this a little bit when I did it. I, I don't know. I don't know about that movie's... The way that movie is put together, and I don't know how much of it is intentional and how much of it is just crazy editing and the way that he directs, but... I love is, his editing so A lot much. of that movie is a jumbled mess editing wise totally like, totally fucking jumbled and i don't i don't like it i don't like that aspect of it i i, okay, I, I feel right. like it's 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 just messy um there's the scene i remember I, i'll give you that for now because i i haven't seen that movie since it came out i if you watch that movie again pay attention to the editing pay attention to the shots the consistency between them the dialogue as it's going and like you can tell, like, I, I feel like I can tell exactly what happened, where it's like, okay, he let the actor improvise here, and then he took a completely different shot from a different, from a completely different take, the actor's improvising in a different way, and then he cut them together. Hmm. Really, and I, I don't feel like it's completely unintentional, because that's not, like, a mistake that you make. That's got to be intentional. 
but it's very noticeable. And, and I, I, I don't, I, I guess it's maybe not for everyone, but like I, it distracted the shit out of me, especially on the second viewing. Okay, um, that's fair. I, don't, I like that movie a lot, but that, that's a, that's something where I, I never got that impression with Goodfellas. Goodfellas felt very clean, and, and I, I love Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a very clean movie. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm just, uh, my perspective here is colored, having just seen Casino, because Casino, the craft of it, is clearly better than Goodfellas, mm. um, even though I, didn't, I don't think I liked the movie as much. It was a great movie, though. I think it's the... I, I don't think there's a better movie about Vegas... It's a pretty simple premise. It's like almost like what Red Dead Redemption is to the Old West. Yeah, I see your your webcam's lagging out again. I don't even know if you can hear me. Um, I can hear you fine. Okay, good, good, good. So, kind of like what Red Dead Redemption is to the end of the Old West. This movie starts like at the end of the golden age of the mob run casinos and Vegas as like a legitimately seedy place. And it's like the transition into it being a kind of Disney World tourist destination, and it shows you like for a second there. okay, that's fine, and it shows you what ca- what like what survives that transition and what can't survive that transition. It's a really cool movie. I I highly recommend that. I need to watch that full thing. To me, because it's a three-hour-long movie. I, I part of what made me able sit through it was being on a three hour or sorry a four hour flight that permitted that kind of focus i always felt like from a very limited knowledge of that movie that it was just goodfellas light like goodfellas again it's a different movie very different movie easily all right cool oh uh go ahead well i was gonna say hopefully our uh, my internet can keep itself together long enough to get through uh news because there's oh. actually quite a bit okay but what right. were you gonna say yeah i'll just get this last bit of uh stuff out of the way i bought a 4k monitor oh i got i got a 4k television but it hasn't arrived yet though uh i think it's really cool it's really really cool and not for games um Games, I can play, like, some older ones. Part of this might just be my video card. I'm on a 780 Ti, so I can't do, like, new games at 4K. But um, Fury I played at 4K looked really nice. New Vegas was, like, heaven at 4K. Because, really, there's not much you can do with that game. Because it's a Bethesda game. It kind of is just looks will always look like shit. But just having that much more detail, it made it so much cooler to just walk around and look at things which is a big part of that experience, is walking around the wasteland and looking at stuff. Um, but, so yeah, not so much for games. There's some that are clear improvements. What was really wild to me was I, I'd never actually finished Season 2 of Better Call Saul, and the funny thing about the way that was released, AMC doesn't own the rights to it. Sony Pictures does. AMC just owns the distribution in the U.S. and, like, some other countries, I think. So there's, like, certain countries in the world where Better Call Saul, when it came out, was released directly to Netflix in 4K. Mm. And, like, so, just in case, I always love talking to the lawyers. In case any lawyers are listening, I took a trip to Malaysia with my 4K monitor, (laughs) and I uh, applied for a Malaysian residence, and then signed up for Netflix there, and then watched Better Call Saul on my 4K monitor at 4K, and that was wild. 
like movies are where it's at with 4k um i i've never seen anything that's looked that good fidelity wise the best thing i've ever seen and uh i am pumped to see more stuff in 4k it's hard to describe because uh that level of detail it's i don't know it like i have a 4k wallpaper right now and the only uh way i can really communicate what it looks like in person is that it looks like physical paper that the detail is so high that it seems like an actual high quality print and not an image on a screen you can't differentiate any pixel from another one it's it's pretty cool i was um I, I was reading and I heard that that 4K streaming is surprisingly good. Like you can look up a 4K YouTube video and it'll look very, very good. Yeah, um, that too. YouTube videos look really nice. I didn't in 4K. know that. Like I thought that 4K streaming would suck for a while. Uh, so I'm I I'm really excited to try that out. I I haven't even seen a 4K screen yet. <laughs> like period. You'll like so, it. Yeah. yeah. When you get your TV, you'll like it. I was hoping to get it. So I was hoping to get my TV before Last Guardian came out, and I could oh, play Last yeah. Guardian. I mean, I, I wouldn't play it in 4K. Because um, you need a PS Pro. Gonna, I don't even think I'm going to get the, the Pro. And I don't. And if I did have the Pro, I would go for the frame rate over the resolution anyway. But um, my TV got to the city and then got damaged and sent back. Ah, and that sucks. I was looking at the tracking and it said delivered and it said Birmingham. And I was like, okay, but it's not in the lobby of my condo building. And. I looked at the tracking closer, and it says, even though it says delivered, it really means, well, delivered back to sender because we broke it. Uh, so that sucks. When was that supposed to happen? Wednesday. That's going to be a while. But, uh, yeah. All right, HAPS. HAPS. It's Game Awards. Yeah. And Death Stranding trailer. Yeah. I didn't expect a Death Stranding trailer. Um, I did. I was... I mean, I knew Kojima was there and everything, and so I knew there'd be something, but I don't know. I just didn't expect it to be like a full new trailer like that. Uh, I, I just wonder how much of that game they have done. Exactly. That's <laughs> as cool as that trailer is. I need him to prove to me that it's a video game. Yeah. He said it was running in engine. Like, yeah, but shit. what does that mean? What's the game? I mean, there's a game. But I'm impressed that they put together that kind of engine that looks like that. That's cool. Yeah, it definitely is. And I really love that Guillermo del Toro's little uh, waddling lightness is going to be in it. Yeah, and he's in the game. He's not actually... No, it's confirmed that he's in the game. But he's not actually playing himself. He's not going to voice his character or motion cap the character. It is just his scanned likeness in perfect detail. (laughs) Who will be an actual Who's character in like the game? John Goodman or something. As, <laughs> John Goodman as Guillermo, the Guillermo. Yeah. That would be that's cool. Insane. But Mads uh, Mikkelsen fucking looked that great. That was a big surprise. That was cool. I just saw The Hunt with him in it, and that was a good movie too. Um, but yeah, the trailer was really cool. I, I want to see what the game is. I want to see yeah. what the basic gameplay premise of Death Stranding is. I'm just so excited. Even if the game's a big disappointment again, like Metal Gear Solid 5, I don't think it'll be anywhere near yeah, it won't disappointing. Be. It could be. It could be disappointing, but nowhere near that disappointing. Um, but There's I'm nothing excited. for it to live up to besides the trailers. I'm excited to go through the Metal Gear Solid 5. The Metal, you're excited to go through the Metal Gear Solid 5 freeze. 
That's what I heard. Whoa. Damn it. You're excited to go through the Metal Gear Solid 5 blank. <laughs> Pre-release buzz. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. rewatched the original Red Band trailer, and it was heartbreaking. Uh, it, it is heartbreaking. I go back and watch it every once in a while. It, just, it, to, just to feel the pain. The wounds yeah, haven't pain. healed yet. It's been over a year, and it's still. I still think about it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, fun. It was fun being in that, being a part of that buzz, and and I, I'm. I think you're going to get kind of the same thing with Death Stranding. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think so. I, I am willing to get excited about it. I'm not there was... one of those that takes disappointment in video games so personally that I will refuse to get excited. I mean, how much do you have to? Have your priorities warped to not even be willing to buy into the fun of it, but uh, yeah. Uh... There was there was also uh, gameplay of the new Zelda game. Did you see that new Zelda game? Oh, the, the... Breath of the Wild thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you notice the frame rate on that? I couldn't not notice it, and it was really bad. Maybe it was running on the Switch. I, I just don't know why they would show the game in that state. It just seemed really terrible. I don't know. Now, Zelda games have never had the best frame rates. Yeah. Ocarina of Time had, like, what, 12 frames per second, I think? It was something abysmal. And same with Majora's Mask. And Wind Waker, I think, was better. And Twilight Princess was pretty good. But then Skyward Sword was shit again. Like, they've never had great frame rates but still it seems like with an art style like that in today today's hardware environment that it should be really possible to make a stylized zelda game 60 frames that should be doable and i think that yeah. anyone other than nintendo could have actually done it i'm real worried about that like just nintendo is such a weird company and they could really fuck things up in a bad way because they're nintendo and it's just weird that they've shown that game twice now with a weirdly, weirdly low frame rate. And yeah. it's disturbing that they think it's appropriate to show the game to me. I mean, maybe at least it probably means they're not lying about the frame rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't lie about the I hope they're not. I mean, if, that's, yeah. if those are the bull shots, then I don't yeah. want to think about what the reality will be. I mean, the game looks so great, but, like, God... We'll see. I, I make it look like say like it, it, Man, your shit is fucked. Or maybe my shit is fucked, but somebody's shit is fucked. Hello? Hello Okay, well Skippy's dead. Uh in the meantime. I guess we can talk about some other haps. Or maybe we could have an anime diversion again. Um, let's see. I actually don't know what the haps are. I didn't get to see the Game Awards because I was out in Vegas time. So I didn't get to watch them from beginning to end. But I got like the highlights. I saw the Death Stranding trailer. And that is pretty cool, that when you play them at the same time, the um the baby teleports out of Norman Reedus' arms into Guillermo del Toro's little pod. That is really cool. 
um, it was probably planned, I think. I, you know, it lines up pretty well. Still, I have yet to try it myself. Like, I've seen videos where people play them side by side. But when I actually hit play at the same time, I did it the frame after the PS4 logo showed up to try to see if it would actually line up. And it didn't. I think that might be because of the quote, though. The quote at the beginning of the first E3 trailer. Um, but when I played them back to back that way, or side to side, rather, the baby teleporting did not line up at all. So I think maybe you need to skip the quote. And at that point, uh, I don't know how much of it's a coincidence. And I'm back. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I see. That baby teleported. Well, yes, it did. Did you try it yourself? I don't know. No, I didn't. I didn't try to line it up, but I don't think it really matters. It matters if it lined. I mean, that'd be cool if it lined up. But I think, I do think the assertion that he stole it out of out of Norman Reedus's hands. He stole Mingus Fetus. Uh, that that is true. I, that looks yeah. like that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. But yeah. That, That's the kind of fuckery that we can expect and love. The fuckery. Game comes out. Uh, Dude, he, um, it's your mic is so bad. Um, I'm really, <laughs> I'm loving it. Fucking bad. Right. Happened to you? On my microphone, it's. I. It's got to be the internet, and who knows? Maybe it's on my end, but I'm not dropping frames. Um. Maybe it's your VR pipeline. Maybe you're piping through too much VR technology still through your Ethernet port now. Who, who knows? Um, but there's really no time to figure that out. Any other big haps? Hello? Get a load of this guy. Well, anyway, I saw the uh, season finale of Westworld. Anybody watch Westworld? I'm not going to spoil it. If you are interested in the plot, which that's kind of what I, the point I want to make, I think by the end of this season of Westworld, this first season, it's really shown what kind of show it's going to be. It is not a character-driven show. It is not an exploration of um, personal motivation. It's a sci-fi premise with a twisting plot. And the plot is really the strongest thing it has going for it. But I don't know how much more than that it has. Did, Skippy, did you see the, the finale of Westworld? Hello? I can hear him, like, rummaging around. Skippy. Fuck me. What happened here? Hello? Yo, Skippy. I can hear you. You just opened a water bottle. Oh, I can I'm hear you sigh. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I got the... you. Oh, we're, kinda. We're, we're on like a 10 second delay, but I'm coming through and I saw the finale of Westworld and I'm, I'm, I'm still invested in that show. I think that the Maeve storyline is fucked. Yeah. That they fucked it up and that they haven't fixed it and that they can't fix it because they already fucked storylines are pretty good yeah the Maeve thing is not good um 
But one of the things that stuck out to me, and I won't get into any specifics here, but maybe you'll, I don't know. If you care, maybe you'll cover yours for a second, but who, whatever. Um, I think this will be fine, even if you're interested in the show. By the end of the season, it seemed like there weren't that many actions that characters took. Like, there was very little exercise of choice or agency in the story. That there was really only one person who was making decisions that mattered, maybe two. Um, and that a lot of the characters, Dolores in particular, it seemed like stuff just kind of happens to them. And that, I don't know. It kind of feels like um, a really interesting, but a kind of static show that makes sense. I think it's worth watching still. I'll, I'll definitely watch the next season. A lot season. of characters don't have agency, and, and, then the, and then the ones that do have agency don't deserve it and or don't earn it through things that, that are satisfying. And that, that's Yeah, funny. like Maeve is one of the ones that is clearly making decisions. But she just doesn't deserve it. Exactly. What's the? I don't know. That really fell apart quick. <laughs> that was a kind of a disaster. Yeah. That's, that whole storyline. I was hanging in there with it. I thought that maybe there was some way to, but it just got so ridiculous that. And it I, ended I, still ridiculous, like with the Asian guy helping her along the way, like. Like what the they, they they didn't set that up at all. Like why the fuck is he helping this robot revolution? What the fuck? And he he didn't doesn't... even like I don't know. It seems everything that happened in that storyline felt stupid and yeah. like it wouldn't have happened in that world. And yeah. I I don't know. It's it was bad. The bad part of the show. Anyway, anyway like, I was kind of just filling time. Before, before my internet goes out, I was going to mention the No Man's Sky update that didn't actually update anything of mean of meaning, and they actually just added base building, which nobody cares about. Or right, wants, just new superficial the features. Entire premise of, the, of the game. What the fuck is going on at that studio? But anyway, uh, it's been a good podcast. Yes, I yes guess. it has. Uh, a long, bumpy one. But the issues are, are make it. That's what gives us our personality. I, I don't think we've ever had an episode where our shit didn't go disastrously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, maybe you know what? Maybe we can end it this way because somebody mentioned that at the start, the uh, intro didn't play, so now it's playing. Now you can hear it. Good night. Good night. Play us out. Things. <laughs>